Buckle in and get ready. Today's podcast is coming at you hot with my brand new friend, Megan Riley, as we talk about the stories we tell ourselves, owning your seat at the table, and living an inspired life. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Competitor Nation, welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and I'm excited to welcome into the show this week, Megan Riley of Tippy Toes Dance, Build Your Life Resume Radio Station, and the Who's Your Mama Podcast. Megan and I talked today about her journey to BYLR Radio, her experience on Shark Tank, her time playing college basketball, and the stories that she told herself throughout life. How the stories she told herself influenced how she showed up, what she did, and how she's able to look back at certain situations and instead of living with regret, instead of continuing to beat herself up, has used those not to be an anchor that holds her back, but gasoline that fuels her journey forward. So I think you're in for an incredible experience today as we talk to this mom, wife, entrepreneur, podcast host, and all-around inspirational person in Megan Riley. So get ready for that. Before we dive into this week's show, I want to encourage you to join the Morning Motivation Club. All you got to do is text the word podcast to 972-945-9113. That's text word podcast to 972-945-9113. And every single morning, you and I are going to start the day together as I'm going to send you a text message to help you focus on that day, to help you show up that day, to help you be motivated to compete to win. Regardless of what happened yesterday, regardless of what challenges you faced last night, regardless of how much is still on your plate this month, what matters is how you show up and compete today. What you do today to make progress, to work the process, to be your best self and to compete. And so I want to help you show up every day and do that with just a quick message to start the day right. And so all you got to do to join is text the word podcast to 972-945-9113 and I'll start sending you messages first thing tomorrow. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. Shoot us your thoughts, shoot us your feedback, send us your guest ideas, but more than anything, just shoot me a note to say hi. I love, love, love getting to connect with each and every one of you because what I'm here to do is support you to equip you and then to encourage you to show up and compete for the things you want in life, to compete for the life you want to live, and to most of all, give everything you've got in this journey, to maximize every single breath in your lungs in the pursuit of meaningful victories. Life is too short, it is too fleeting, and it is too special to settle, to give less than your best or to die with regrets. And so what I want to do is make sure that you show up and compete every single day to be your best so you bring your best to every single endeavor. 
So shoot me a note to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Say hi. Tell me a goal you're working on that I can hold you accountable for. Give me some feedback on what you enjoy in the show or what you want to hear more of. But that's email podcast at competeeveryday.com. Now, let's kick off a brand new day with this brand new episode with my friend, Megan Riley. Megan, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jake. I am super pumped. Yeah, I'm incredibly grateful for the guys over at the 1720 Podcast for connecting us. Uh, You and I had a chance to briefly connect amidst the chaos of me taking care (laughs) of a a dog recovering from ACL surgery and all of that. And and so today, looking forward to today's conversation with the dogs downstairs, they're asleep, (laughs) full attention right here. And I think our listeners are in for quite a treat. Uh, To kick us off today, give me a quick introduction. Tell people who you are because... uh, you have your hand in a few things. <laughs> That's a good way of saying it. Yes. So my name is Megan Riley and I am the COO and one of the owners of Tippy Toes Dance Company. We are, it's a children's dance company and my sister started it in 1999. So we've been around for a minute. Um, but as soon as I was in college, I started you know, doing that with her. And, and, um, what we do is we go to daycares and preschools and we offer dance classes on site. So we have, uh, we did that for about 10 years. Then we moved into franchising. So now we have 35 franchises around the world. Um, in 2020, we expanded internationally for the first time, which was exciting. So we are expanding into China now. Um, and so that is my day job. That is what I spend most of my time doing is leading that brand, you know, building up, uh, the plan for where we're going forward and helping our franchise owners continue to crush it in business. Um, and then I also have a podcast I started called who is your mama. And that is available only on BYLR radio, um, which is a a radio streaming app that Jesse Itzler created. It's just a great positive inspiration. It's, it's all of that mixed into one with great music 24 seven. So my podcast lives there. My podcast is really near and dear to my heart because what I do is I talk to the moms of amazing people like Sarah Blakely, Jesse Itzler, Jay Williams, Kyler Murray, D rock, uh, you know, the, a variety of people. And I talk to their moms to find out what the heck they did. Like, how did you raise these kids to be amazing? And, um, and it's, it's been a joy for me in my life that came because I am a mom of three. My husband and I are raising three little girls. They're four, six, and eight. And I realized that I wanted the best to tell me what they did. And so that's, that's how that podcast started. And Jesse Itzler was my first, the first person that believed in that. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. So that's why my podcast lives on BYLR radio. And then that turned into a daily radio show. So every day I'm on BYLR radio from one to 3 PM Eastern with a show with, it's, it's just like a regular radio show with music and stuff, but I get to pop in and talk business, talk parenthood, talk motherhood, uh, talk about, you know, mindset and motivation and all those kinds of things that are so important in my daily life. And, um, so that's, that is, that is me in a nutshell. So I have, I have a ton of questions, but the first one that became very apparent as you were introducing yourself. And really, as I was researching and getting ready for the show was how in the world do you balance all of that? How do you balance the full-time job? How do you balance the commitment of every day having the radio show and as well as producing a podcast on top? And oh, by the way, I'm a wife, I'm a mom. I have all of these other responsibilities in tow. You know, Jake, it comes back to doing the things I love. So I don't spend my hobbies are those things that we just talked about. 
that's what I love to do. I love to be a mom. I'm all in. There's no one else raising my kids. I am at pickup, drop off every game like that with 100%. I am 100% there for them and my husband and my family. Um, I feel the same love and passion for my work at tippy toes. And I believe in what we do and for the pot. So honestly, like I don't have a lot of time where I'm not doing one of those things. So there's not like a whole bunch of me watching real housewives. Although I do try to get that in when I can as well. Um, but, but in all seriousness, when you love what you do, it's that old adage. Like I, I go wire to wire every day doing the things I love. So, you know, balance is, is not a thing. I don't, I don't, it's, I'm sure someone would look at me and be like, you don't, you're not, you don't have enough white space in your day. You need to slow down, you know, but for me, I love it. I love it. So I get energized by getting to do those things that I love. And that's pretty much my life. Like I don't go out and I I don't have a huge social life. Um, I mean, I've got plenty of friends, but like, it it doesn't take up a lot of my time. Um, They're just, I I decide where I want to put my time. And those are the things that I put all of my energy and heart and soul in. And I love every one of them. And so I love every one of my days of my life because I enjoy all the things that I do. Well, and and the idea of balance is, I mean, it's really a myth. And especially Mm -hmm. from an entrepreneurship level that sometimes skews heavily to work and, and social life, home life, those hobbies, those things we also enjoy doing sometimes get pushed by the wayside. And so people search for this mythical 50-50 balance, but it's really about making life work the way you want it to and integrating all of it, which it sounds like you've done incredibly well. The other question I had follow-up question to that is, how do you stay 100% focused on what you're doing in that moment, knowing you're switching different roles throughout the day between wife, between mom, between podcast host between franchise uh, owner and, and really yeah. working with franchise owners and, and flipping gears. And, and was it always how it is now in terms of how you're able to focus on those or and what was that learning process like for you? Yeah. So my first short answer is I don't, I, I don't, it's not, I, you know, I don't have my day carved out where I have this block of time, you know, all the ways that people tell you, you should divide your day up and do it. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, And I get why people do that. And I absolutely believe that it has value. And there's plenty of research that supports that. For me, it doesn't work in my life. I have four, six, and eight-year-olds who need me. And I have a business I'm building. and, and, And a lot of those things need my presence. And so I need to do what I need to do when I need to do it. Um, I do, you know, I will try to, you know, maybe get up early and, and crank out some stuff maybe for the radio or for whatever. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't have it all perfectly aligned, but what I do have works for me. And I think that is something that that took me a minute to figure out for a while. I was like, I need to be getting up at 4am and get my workout in. And then I need to meditate. And then I need to write. And then I need to have food prepped for everybody for the week. And then I will take my kids to school, you know, singing songs with them, come home, work for six hours, you know, like that stressed me right out. Like, I was like, I can't do that. Just and checking so, all the boxes that Instagram yes, says you need. Yeah, exactly. That And like, and maybe it works for somebody. It doesn't work for me. So I do what I need to do when I need to do it. And I have gotten really good at going from, I, I mean, I have been on a phone call, wiping a child, telling someone how to run their business. 
I, it's happened more than once. Uh, I'm luckily out of the wiping stage now of my life, which is great, but that's what I've been doing. And, and so there, my line, my life is full of gray lines. There are really no hard lines for me in my life. Uh, my family is involved. Like they see me work all the time. And I also work at the, I also work at playgrounds. Like my, I design my life the way I need to, to serve the people that I love and I care about and to serve the businesses that I am a part of and, and run. Um, and it hasn't always been like this. You know, it wasn't in the early days. I also wasn't this ten- tenacious in my early, earlier years. I was more just like working and, and that was fun. It was great, but I wasn't doing extra things, but now I have found such passion in work. And so I want to do more. So like, I didn't need to start a podcast, but I had this urge. And so I went for it. So it's gradually happened. So now when people talk to me, they will be like, what do you do in a day? Like, how does this all happen? I'm like, I don't know. I just do it. It just, I love it all. So I just run at all of it and I give it all I have. And sometimes I say uncle and I take a day off, you know, and then, and I, and then I show up the next day and get after it again. How do you, I guess, from a remaining present mindfulness standpoint, how do you pull your attention back to what you're doing? So being on a call, having to take care of a kid, things like that happen. But, but I would imagine, cause similar to me, your mind can be running a million miles an hour about, Oh, this question later for a podcast guest or this other conversation piece, or I need to work on this for that potential franchise owner of pulling your thoughts back to what you're working on in that moment. So you are giving it your best. You are going after that hobby. Have you found things that work for you to really pull that attention back when there's so much on your plate? You know what? I take notes constantly during the day and that really helps me capture the things I want to capture at the time I want to capture it. So sometimes I'll be at the playground with my kiddos and I will think, oh, I need to do this or that. And I put a, you know, a note in my calendar or in my email or wherever. So I try to, I try to grab the moments as they come because of the way my life is set up and things really ebb and flow. I, I will, I will do things like that, that kind of put me in a mindset that, um, I feel like, there's nothing wasted in my day because when something comes up or, or there's a thought or a thing I need to do, I put it, I put it someplace that I know I will get to it. Um, and the other thing to be perfectly honest, Jake, I've done this for so long that this it like work and talking about the things I talk about, like things we talk about, or, you know, tippy toes or my experience or shark tank or whatever, these things are, this is, my wheelhouse. This is where I feel comfortable. Now, if you would want to go into talking about, uh, how I review the P and L that would take way more energy out of me. That would be like, Oh, like I've got to prepare for that. I don't, that's harder. So what I have done is I stay in my area of genius as much as I can, because I can do a lot more in that area because it's so easy. It's so natural. It's where I live. It's same thing with parenting. Like I'm good. Like I can show up for them and be all in. I can go from you know, having my kids put terrible makeup on me for fun to a business call like that, because they're all my areas of genius. So staying in the places that you shine, I think allows you to move faster. Um, and that's also back to why you, why it's so important to find things in your life that you love and that you spend your time doing, because you can move quicker in those fields because it's your area of genius. Do you remember a specific moment where that started to click for you or you realized like, I've got to stop investing time in this other stuff and really start focusing on my zone of genius? Um, Later than you would think, Um, you know, it it hasn't been there all along. I would say um, when my kids, when my youngest was starting back at school, 
Um, so in like 2019, back when I thought that they were all going to be at school for all day long, <laughs> that lasted for like, you know, six months. Um, when I, when I had my own time in the day, you know, I had like five and a half hours in a day without kiddos around. And all of a sudden I could, I could crush work in that amount of time. And I thought, man, you know, before when I wasn't pushed for time or when I didn't have kids or whatever, I, I would, it would take me longer to do things. And so, um, I think it was over, it was, it was self-awareness. It was like looking at how quickly I could do certain things. And honestly, it was also hearing people reflect me back to me and then being like, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just easy. This part's easy. But, but when I think about things that are hard, that's when I'm like, oh, well that that's not good. It, it was really self-awareness of seeing what things I struggled in and then realizing that I couldn't move as quickly. I couldn't get as much done. I wasn't as productive or helpful. And more importantly, I didn't feel good. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way I felt. So a, a lot of it goes back to like trusting your instincts. How do I feel when I'm doing this stuff? I feel great. Like this conversation lights me up. Love it. I could do this all day long. Um, but like I said, if you would ask me to certain other things, I would be dead in the water and I would hate the conversation. So, um, self-awareness is one thing. And then like kind of seeing how people see you. And sometimes it's hard to recognize our own area of genius, but it's sometimes helpful to like ask the people around you or, or pay attention to what people around you say. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I find that really easy. That's interesting that that seems hard to somebody else. Cause I thought it was easy. Um, so I think the main thing would be self-awareness. Well, and, and there's something else you mentioned there is as you grew along and, and as the girls started growing up, you started having new constraints on when you were going to be alone, when you had certain bandwidth. And I love how you pointed out, like you would be going all day before that point and you would give yourself as long as you give yourself, because that's what we do naturally. We just continue, you know, if we've got a week to work on a paper, we take a week before we start for most of yeah. us. And, and then versus like, Hey, I need this in an hour. You knock out the same amount of work. It's tight. It's focused. It's ready to go because of those constraints. And so I loved hearing that not only changed in your life, but you, you started recognizing as your self-awareness grew those new constraints and how you wanted to be more productive within those windows. So you could be productive at those other things outside of that window, which is key. And I'm curious if, if the same point when two years ago, uh, the kids were going back to school, if that's when the tenacity, as you put it flipped for you, and you started becoming more tenacious about what you went for, because Every one interaction that we've had, as well as everything I've listened to you talk to Kevin and Stu and other folks about, you're someone that kind of jumps all in at stuff. You say yes to a lot of things and, and then kind of hang on and I'll figure it out along the way, which is very much a lot of that tenacity is I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to make it work. And so I'm curious if you've always been that tenacious individual, but you started seeing it in a new light now, the last few years, or if it wasn't something that really clicked until a couple of years ago with the launch of the podcast and all of these things you started adding into life. Love that question, Jake, because it's really important. And this is something I'm very passionate about. And I don't really ever talk about it. There are seasons to life, right? So in, in everybody's life, there is, there are different seasons, even like your, you know, your high school sports days or your college days. And you go into like, you're in your early twenties. And what does that look like? There are all these seasons of your life. So in my life, historically, like when I, if I'd look back at even grade school, middle school, high school, I was tenacious with whatever I did. I was all in, I would, I was into sports. I, you know, I, that was, I was 
it, it mattered to me. I showed up, I was, you know, overachiever in all ways when it came to stuff like that. Um, and then I had kids and when I had kids, there was a huge shift because you can be tenacious, but at the end of the day, when you have a four, two and a newborn, like everything else flies out the window because there's no account, there's no plan. You've got to, you've got to do all these things. You're learning how to be a parent. You're learning. There's every, my world was rocked in a great way and I loved it and it was wonderful, but there was a big chunk of my time. And that was a season of raising babies basically where my identity became something different. I was mom first. I was nursing babies. I was worrying about nap time. I was figuring out how I was going to puree baby food. And I was still running tippy toes, but that was all I had to give. I had nothing else to give because so much was going into to raising kids. That season passed and that, it, yes. So in answer to your question, yes, two years ago when it was a big moment for me when my youngest was going to be in school five days a week, that shifted things. And during the time that I was, you know, at home, I mean, I've, I've always been at home. That's always how I've done it. I was still running tippy toes full-time. I was full-time mom, full-time running tippy toes at home, raising my kids, but I was priming myself too. So I was listening to Gary V podcasts as I'm nursing my kids. I was listening to Jesse Itzler. I was listening to Sarah Blakely. I was reading everything I could about people that I really appreciated. And that was priming me for what would come next. And so what would come next is my kids go to school and I'm like, let's freaking go. All these things I have, all these things I want to do, all these things I know I am capable of, I am now going to be able to execute on because I have a little bit more of time to myself. So it, I feel like what it was more than anything, Jake, was this flame that was just kind of, uh, you know, wasn't burning quite as bright while I was having kids because being a tenacious mom doesn't really apply so much. Um, but as soon as I could get tenacious about those other things in my life, when that season came, I was ready to go. So that was a huge shift for me two two years ago when that happened. And that is when the podcast started and when I started to find out how much I could do. So then it was all gradual though, too. Like I started doing the podcast. It was like, okay, I can do that. And then things just kind of kept adding on, but it's like a good workout or a good workout program. You get stronger and stronger and you can take on more and more as you go. So it's not like I went from having three babies at home to everything I'm doing today. It's been gradual and I only do things that I love. And um, that's really important too, as I continued along my path to only do things I love. Well, and, and something you said there that I think is incredibly important for those listening today is essentially how you used your off season. In sports, mm -hmm. athletes, unless they're training and preparing in the off season, they're not gonna shine on game day. They're not gonna be ready when the season's opportunities approach. And you looked at that season essentially as an off season, but what am I doing to prepare for when things change? How am I consuming content and podcast? What am I learning? What am I positioning my mindset for, for when I have those opportunities, I'm ready to go. And I just think too many people today, they look at a not now season. They're, they're not in a position to be able to act on it as I need to just wait and do nothing versus how can I better position myself, who, how I think, yep. who I am so that I'm better ready to take care of that advantage in the future. And so I wanted to, to echo that a little bit because it's such a crucial thing for those listening to the show. One of the things I'm really curious about, and, and you teased it a little bit, I wasn't even planning to talk too much about Shark Tank uh, until you brought it up, but uh, <laughs> y'all went on Shark Tank. You are obviously on Jesse Isler's uh, radio network. You're around some star power, we'll say. And a lot of times when we step into those rooms, when we step onto the, the Shark Tank stage, if, if we have that opportunity, when we have that conversation with Jesse, 
we feel like we don't belong. And that imposter syndrome kind of sneaks up. And I'm curious from your standpoint, how you dealt with that in those moments and those opportunities, because watching Shark Tank, even though we see just a snippet of what I know was a, a very long process for you, the confidence shows. And it wasn't like you were terrified to be on that stage. And obviously meeting Jesse at that Texo event and having the opportunity to build that relationship and do the things you are now, there was confidence in that play. And so I'm curious from your standpoint, how you've handled, if you've handled imposter syndrome and how you've worked through it to allow that confidence to show up, even if it wasn't necessarily what you were feeling on the inside. I'm telling you, I love this question too. This is, I love it. Uh, okay. Cause there's a lot to this because you have to own your seat at the table. And that whole narrative, that whole idea is very, very important to me and very important, I think, for everybody to talk about because- Where, where did that come from for you? Where did that that thinking come from? Yep. Uh, I walked on the women's basketball team at the University of Oklahoma and I uh, there were other walk-ons. They cut all the other walk-ons, but they said, Megan, we want you to keep coming back. This was back when there was like Stacey Dales and Isha Caulfield. They were- they were national competitors. Um, they, they, I, they invited me. I was hanging out, you know, I was going to their house in the summer, working camps. They were all inclusive. They were all nice. I never thought I belonged there because I knew I wasn't as skilled as Stacey Dales. I wasn't, I'm five, nine and played as like the big center in my high school team. Like I had, I wasn't skilled enough. And I thought that was it. I thought I'm going to be there. This is pity. They're letting me stay because they feel bad for me. Cause they think I'm nice. This I, I'm miser. I was miserable. And I had everything framed wrong in my head during the time I was going to morning workouts and afternoon workouts and doing all this. I had everything framed wrong. And I thought I was not deserving of that position that I had, even though they kept me after cutting other walk-ons. So I quit, I went and I quit. And that year they won the national champion or no, they didn't. They won the big 12 championship. They went to the national championship, find the final game. My teammates, the team I was on, I should have been there sitting on the bench. Uh, but I, I told myself I didn't belong at that table. That lesson stung for a long time <laughs> because what the hell, why did I do that? Why did I quit? Why did I quit? They were letting me be there. And I walked away from that. And I missed this opportunity to be playing in the national championship. Are you kidding me? So you have an instance like that in your life. And there were years when I was just like, hate, I was just miserable. I was sad. I didn't understand why that happened. I couldn't believe that I did that, that I walked away from that. I transferred schools. I kind of felt like I was trying to figure out who I was. And it wasn't for years later when I realized, you know what? Like I, I put together what I did to myself. I was like, I took, I was sitting at this table and I was like, I don't belong here. Now I didn't think about the fact I would have been the best teammate ever. I would have challenged them in practice. I would have showed up all the time. I never would have gotten in trouble. I would have done every community event they wanted me to. I would have been a fun, easy teammate. I would have support like everything else other than what happens between the lines, I would have been the best on the team, but I didn't think that was important, which is wrong too. <laughs> that is a terrible mindset. And, and I, I just missed it. I just missed it. I was 18 and I missed it. And because of that experience, I will never, ever, 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 ever again, be the one that says, I don't belong here. And so can I, that, I ask you something before, before you go mm -hmm. forward with some of that? One, um, 
when did you, what was the moment that you decided to start telling yourself a different internal story? Do you remember distinctly when you, one, that started to click of what you walked away from, but you went from using it as regrets and wallowing in it and beating yourself in it up in it to it fueling your future decisions. Do you remember when you switched that? Because it's all the internal dialogue and how we talk to ourselves that obviously influenced how you were as a teammate then, and now influences how you show up in a very different light. Mm -hmm. Jake, it wasn't for years. It wasn't really until, um, really even just a few years ago when I, because I, back to like the different seasons of life, like, and it wasn't something that I was like crying about every day. Like I ended up switching schools. I met my husband. So for a long time I was like, Oh, I quit because then I was miserable. So then I switched schools and then I met my husband and that was, so that actually totally helped, you know, meeting my husband. I was like, okay, let's, I met him because I switched schools and that, that worked. I know. Thank God I met you because geez, you know, I really needed you to complete my story here. Um, But so that helped, honestly, but then it honestly was when things started to happen, when I started to step out on my own, when I, you know, started to do, um, these, the podcasts, when, when Jesse comes, you know, when when Jesse and I connect and he, he clearly believes in me so much. And I'm like, I was just at home. Like I, I haven't, like, I, I didn't know that I belonged there. I really didn't. And, and he, I actually have a, there's a chapter in a book that I'm a part of called standing. Oh, that's going to come up in October. And I'm supposed to write a chapter about gratitude for somebody. And it's to Jesse because he, he called it out and he didn't call out this, but he, he was like, gave me these opportunities. And it was in that moment that I was like, I've done this before. I've said, I don't know why you're giving me this opportunity. I don't know that I belong here. You know, I didn't go to business school. Why I didn't go. I'm not a podcaster. I don't have technical experience. I'm not an interviewer. All these things I could tell you why I don't deserve to be on your app, Jesse. And I was like, no, 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 we're not doing this again. We're not going down this road again. So if Jesse thinks and sees this, then it's my job to, to at, at least believe the same he does in me. And so that was the shift. That was a shift when I had, when I found myself in again, in a position that I was like, really, do I, is this where I belong? That that, when that happened again, and on a bigger scale, obviously with with Shark Tank, going on Shark Tank and and those kind of things, you know, but it didn't really click for me at that point. It didn't click for me until a couple of years later. So, I mean, we're talking about, I was 15 years of me not figuring that lesson out or 16 years or whatever of of not figuring that lesson out. But, um, but I'm okay with that. I I might be a slow learner in some ways and, and, but I figured it out. I got there and, um, you know, and I'm forever grateful. So now I see that college story of quitting the basketball team as one of the greatest gifts of my life, because I've now talked about it and it's now ingrained in my head. So then again, when Jesse says, Hey, come to hell on the Hill. And then I'm sitting there and Sarah Blakely, who's one of my mentors of my life that I've never actually met. And I'm sitting there getting massages in her house next to her. And we're chatting business. I'm not like, I'm like, okay, here we go. Sit at the table. Don't off, you know, don't back away, like jump in. You're here for a reason, own it. Um, and that's hard. It's hard for a lot of people to do, but sometimes you just have to like close your eyes the first time and just do it and then see how awesome it feels. Cause we are all worthy of the positions we find ourselves in. If you, if you find yourself in that position, it is your job to run through that door. If, if you find yourself, somebody cracking the door open, don't question it. you got to go after it. It's that's your role. Like taking uh, ownership of your own life. That's nobody else is going to usher you into your dreams. You have to be the one that takes control of those things. And so when you have the opportunities or you're sitting at the table and somebody opens the door, whatever metaphor you want to use, you got to go, you got to go after it and show up as yourself. 
I love it. Well, and, and I can't help but think of the just beauty of the mentors you have now. I mean, Jesse's story is anything but Harvard Business School, straight lace Wall Street, like rapper, like (laughs) Jets, like his story is so unique and so special. And then Sarah's as well. Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, a lot of the stuff that I believe her dad poured into her from, it wasn't Zig Ziglar, but it was uh, one of the old Uh, motivational speakers. Uh, She'd play his tapes. Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer. Yeah. And so she was, he was doing that to help her in terms of what story she was telling in her head that whole time. Jesse is, I don't fit the blueprint. I'm not looking like these other groups, but still showed up and owned that seat at the table. And so I, I love the fact that those are the people you work with and, and have the opportunity to be mentored by. And I just want to, I mean, hammer home that even if you don't feel like you deserve the seat at the table, act like you do. Mm-hmm. own own that opportunity because we don't have to feel it in order to do it. We we don't have to feel gratitude in order to practice building our gratitude and, and focusing on what we're thankful for. Just like we don't have to feel like we're writing a new story to start telling ourselves a different story of, of who we are as that teammate of this is what I'm owning. This is how I'm making my teammates better. This is how I'm going to look at myself in this position or what happened in the past you're now using it as a story that's fueling your future and how you're behaving going forward versus being an anchor that holds you back. It's kind of like a fire that's fueling you forward. And so I I really loved hearing that. And just, can I just add one thing to that is like the other thing with that and why it's so important is what it works. If you show up as yourself, now, if I would have gone to that basketball, let's like put, uh, go back to the basketball days. If I would have been like, I'm as good as Stacey Dales. Yeah, that's your, I'm here because I'm the best. I got the best, you know, shooting percentage on the team. Well, that's just wrong and not right. And I, it would, it, it, that's just as wrong as not taking your seat at the table. Like if Jesse would come up and, uh, or if I would find myself hanging out with Jesse and Sarah and be like, I'm here because I am the best business acumen of anyone in the room. It's like, no, I'm here because of who I am. I'm here probably because I'm a mom and I can relate to a lot of people. My podcast works because I'm a mom and it makes a lot of sense to me. I can run a company well because I appreciate the, pro- like it's my stuff that makes it work. So sometimes I think people will look at what they think is the value of like the perceived value of what a role should have or what a person should have. And that's not always right. Like the value is whatever you bring. If we all had the same value and had the same uh, talents, then that would not, that wouldn't help a team. That wouldn't help a company. That wouldn't help a family. Like we all have to come to it as ourselves. And so never getting lot, never getting confused about showing up as somebody else. Like if, if I show up and try to act like I'm Sarah Blakely, well, that would be a big miss. I got to show up as myself. That's where my value is, is being myself. Well, and something you're saying there that I, I want to point out for listeners is, you know, if you'd showed up on the basketball team with the arrogance more than anything and the ego mm-hmm. that I'm as good as these people, you're focusing on yourself and how you can get the credit, how you can be this, but more than anything, how I'm entitled for certain things. That That's kind of the attitude we take in those moments. But what you've talked about and what you've, your life and, and the work you've done and the, the story you share is understanding who I am and what I bring to the table. I'm proud of what I have and proud of who I am and proud of what I can bring. But my focus is not on me. My focus is on how can I help? How can I be of service? How can I add value to these other people? And that's the distinguishing factor. It's, It's the confidence in who you are 
and your own unique abilities, not trying to be someone else, but your focus is not on what's going to make me look good, but how can I help others? It, it's the, the thing that you told Kevin and them on 1720, which we're going to link to in the show notes to go back to listen to that episode, uh, because I loved my getting to be a guest on that show as well. Great you show. talked about you went and got fruit for Jesse after he invited you to this thing. You went out of your way and then you were like, I can't just walk up with a plastic bag and random fruit. Like I got to get Whole Foods. And like you went out of your way because you were focused on how can I add value to this individual just for including me, but I'm going to show up and, and be confident in who I am. And, and it's those little things that I think so many times we miss because we let our ego get in the way. We're focusing on what's in it for us or how we look versus understanding who I am, confidently walking in the room and, and just asking, how can I be of service and value to others? And that's so Love key. That. And I think yeah. that's been so big for you just because of everything you've talked about and what I've heard in, in terms of pieces of your story of looking for ways to add value to those. I mean, let's be honest, totally agree. how can mm -hmm. I add value to parents without having them have to pull their kids all over town? How do we make the process easier? So the kids are getting active. It's helping the daycare center. It's helping the parents. How can we help you? A thousand percent <laughs> retweet everything you just said. Yes. I love it all. Uh, and it, and it, it's just a, it's a positive mindset to be in too. Um, I'm actually right now I, I'm, well, I started this thing last year where I'm sending out 365 notes a year. So it's basically, I'm you know, doing it kind of month by month. Um, and it's notes, thank you notes, notes, right? Handwritten notes. Yep. Yes. Handwritten notes. Um, and that has allowed me to always focus on others. And in those moments where, you know, if you get stuck in your own stuff, it, you can just drown yourself really quickly. But the minute you start to focus on other people, what, so honestly, when I have a, in a bad mood, which happens, I will go I'm like, I got to go write some notes. I got to go send, uh, like focus on other people and whether it's celebrating them, how can I serve them? How can I help them? How, what can I bring is, is always kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to think. And, and, and when we each think, what can I bring, what we're doing is we're thinking about like what's natural to us. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, I, I love everything you said. And I think if we all come at things with that service mindset of how we can serve others, then, uh, you know, we're making the world a better place as we're doing things too. Absolutely. Well, and, and we, we show up better. I mean, that was the one thing my speaking coach taught me a few years ago, Michael Port is when you step on stage, most people are like, I'm terrified to speak. Like they, the old Jerry Seinfeld joke is that more people at a funeral would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> like that's just, you know, because it's the number one fear. But he said, when you step on stage, your whole job is to be in service of the audience. It's not about you. And most people, when we step up there, we're afraid of what we look like, what we sound like, what are they going to judge us instead of how can I help you? And, and you articulated it so beautifully with your exercise of the notes that, man, if you get stuck on your phone, scrolling social media, that comparison game starts jumping in. And, and why am I not as successful as how so-and-so looks? Or, you know, why is my, my project not doing as well as that? And, and you start focusing all the attention on me you will drown yourself versus totally. how can I help someone else? How can I stop scrolling feeds and just post some encouragement for people or comment on some other people's stuff? There's all ways to shift that focus. And so for those listening, like you change your mindset, you start focusing on how you help others. You start leading better, influencing better, but more than anything, like it just changes how you show up and probably changes, like you said, how you show up and, and expect to be, I believe I belong at this table. I deserve to be here. I'm totally. going to act like I can be here. So, uh, I love that. Okay. So questions for you now, 
is daily radio show. So you talk about a ton of stuff on there. You obviously have the podcast as well. Where do you go to for inspiration? Where do you go to find things that you like to talk about? Because, you know, every day of the week, that's a lot of stuff to talk about in it. <laughs> and if it's not a Dallas sports show, it's like you don't have the Cowboys to, ra to rag on every single day. So every day when you're talking yeah. about business and motherhood and life and inspiration, where are you getting inspired? I mean, every day of my life. So it's, it's again, it's actually like the notes I, and like I said, when you, the question you asked earlier, like I'm constantly have, I have running tally in my, in my uh, phone of topics and things and thoughts. So, um, I mean, it's my kids, you know, I'll, I'll have a moment of humility for my kids where my kid, I'll be in the car driving, like singing a song. And my daughter's like, mom, will you not sing? You're really ruining the song. So like those kind of fun little moments are in there of just like real life. Um, you know, my kids will be my muse sometimes. Um, also, I mean, running my business, there are so many times that there are lessons that I learn uh, that I will bring that up. Um, I will read books, I'll read books and talk about the lesson, the different lessons. So it's really what's the beauty of the radio show is what they want and what my show is all about is what I'm already kind of living in my life. And then it's just taking out the pieces that really resonate. Sometimes I'll see somebody's post. A lot of times I'll see a Sarah Blakely post and I'm like, Ooh, that was good because there's so much credibility when Sarah Blakely says it, when a self-made billionaire is like, Hey, this is what I think it's wise to maybe pay attention to that, you know? Um, and, but also I can, I'm not a self-made billionaire yet, but but I can appreciate it. I understand it. And that those are the people that are listening. They're people that, you know, just want positivity and good things and inspiration. And that's what the whole radio station's about, which is super fun too, to be a part of a, you know, being able to be in a group of people that are focused on service back to the last topic is they're all focused on how can I serve the people here that are listening? There's no news. There's no gossip. It's just like positivity and inspiration. And I like to be a part of that. And so, uh, so I constantly making notes the other day, for instance, um, I was here, I'm here in San Diego and I was walking and I saw an older couple, they were picking up trash and I ran past them. And I was like, thank you for doing that. That's amazing. And I kept running and I was like, there's trash. What am I going to run past the trash after I just saw them picking up the trash? Yeah, of course yeah. not. So I pick up the trash and I run back to them and I'm like, I put it in their bag. And then, I, and then I'm like, okay, bye. And then I keep running. And sure enough, I come up to more trash and I'm like, Oh, this run's going to take me forever. Pick up the trash and I go back. And then I am like, can I meet you? Can I take a picture with you guys? What you are doing? And then that inspired me. And I thought about how many other people might just see them, you know, as they drive by, maybe not talking and stopping, but they could see them doing that and be inspired and pushed. And so then I'm like, well, so that's, that's the kind of conversation I will bring to the radio show. So it's, it's my life experiences. Um, it's, it's books, it's business. It's my kids say to me, the lessons I learned with my kids when I have a hard day with my kids. And I think, you know, it's, it's real. I mean, I'm, 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 so far from perfect. I will lose my patience. I will, you know, I will have the wrong time for a podcast and come an hour earlier than I need to. I mean, it's like all the stuff it's all there. And so it's a very real show, but it's also my real experience running, running, you know, a, a million dollar business while raising kids and, and doing all the things that I'm doing. So, uh, it's, it's real, it's raw and, uh, it's working. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, you said something there that I'm just curious. You use the magic word yet. And I love mm. that word passionately. <laughs> and I'm curious how long you've been using it in your language. Uh, great question. And again, um, you know what, actually, that one has been longer. Um, funny story. So when Chris and I, my husband, um, when 
when we got married, so this is 2007, we would talk about kids and are we going to have kids? And yes, we're going to have kids and how many kids. And so there was negotiations happening, of course. Of course. And I was like, well, I mean, I want to have three kids. I'm one of three. He's one of two. He wants two. I want three. And I'm like, when I make my first million dollars, we're going to have the third kid. And he was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, let's go. Business. Sure. <laughs> yes. And I think it was somewhere between, okay, if you make a million dollars, sure. We can have all the kids you want. Or also like, okay, let's see when that happens. So that was, I was 24 and we were having that conversation. I have always deep down uh, and I, um, Jamie, uh, Lee McKern, she's a, uh, an incredible, she's also a self-made billionaire. She sold her business to L'Oreal for uh, $1.2 billion. And one of the things she said is when she was little, she remembers hearing this thing. And I remember hearing the same thing. It was on the Oprah show. And Oprah said that she just knew as a little kid that she was going to be on stages impacting people's life. Like she just knew that was going to be a part of her story. And she was like eight or something like that. I remember when I heard that. So I was probably in my early teens thinking like, oh, okay. So other people have felt that too. I have always believed that I am going to make an impact. Um, and I didn't talk about that for a long time because it sounded like, okay, like one, you're crazy, maybe psycho, uh, a little overconfident, like all those things I wouldn't say, but that's the truth. That's how I believe. I really believe that I have been given support in my life. I've got amazing parents. I've got an amazing spouse. I have great friends. Like there, there've been so many gifts I've been given that I feel like I owe it to like, take everything I can and give it to other people that maybe didn't have the lucky things that I've had. Um, so I've always been that way, Jake, I've always believed that big things were happening and more things were coming. And, and, um, I didn't know how it was always going to go. You know, when you're neck deep in diapers, you don't really see how that's going to go. But what I have learned is to embrace the season you're in and keep going because the seasons are going to pass. Those seasons will go. If you right now, if you're caring for an elderly parent, that season is going to pass. Don't wish it away. Take the lessons in the day, learn what you can prime yourself for what's maybe coming, but don't wish it away. There are gifts in every day of our lives. And if it's a hard season, there are gifts in it. It's just on how you frame it. You can frame it as the worst time of your life and everything's miserable. Or you can say, man, this is really stretching me. There's so much here that I can learn from. There's so much that I want to do when I go, when this season is over. So, um, so yeah, so I think I've always, I've always believed that I've always believed that huge things are coming. And, and then when things happen, I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah, no, this is, we're on the right track, but I'm still going. Like I still have got stuff gas in the tank that I, that I want to, you know, run forward with. So I, that's always kind of been inside of me. I love it. I love it. Goes back to the story. We tell ourselves the stories we continue to repeat. And obviously the, the one reason I love yet is because it's that reminder when that inner critic or, or doubt comes in that you haven't succeeded or you haven't gotten to that point yet is the kind of defining mark that I'm still on my way. And that reminder to all of us is that encouragement. Megan, this has been a ton of fun today. Where can people get connected with you? Obviously, where can we go to download and listen to the podcast and your radio show? And then where can we connect with you online? Love it. Um, so you can get the BYLR radio app. So any app store that you have, just go um, 
B it's like the less, just the letters B Y L R radio. It's a little green app. Um, and in that is that that's where my daily radio show is. So you can go to the app, there's music and all stuff 24 seven. So it's a really fun spot. There's also other great podcasts. There's my podcast plus a whole lot more. Uh, so it's just like a, it's a landing place. You really can hang out there for a little bit. Um, and then you can find me at Megan L Riley on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Those are my two like kind of home bases, uh, LinkedIn, you're going to find the business Megan and, and Instagram, you're going to find the mom Megan and they cross over a little bit because that's how it goes, but that's kind of where I lean. Um, and then my company at uh, tippy toes, it's T I P P I T O E S. Um, you can find us on, you know, at tippy toes dance on Instagram, but also our websites, tippy toes, dance.com. Uh, and so, yeah, so those are, those are the best places to hit me up. And, um, I, I love to hear from people. I love to talk. I love to, to work. Uh, and this is just my favorite thing. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you gave me an opportunity to talk to your, your tribe and your people and, and your whole crew here. Cause your community is really special. Your book is out of this world. It's, it's, uh, you know, what I love about your book is the way you have a, the framework of it. I feel like it's really, um, it's an easy read cause you can go through it, but it's like, a punch every time, like everything has value and and it's a fantastic book. Thank you. I'm uh, similar to you. You're in the midst of working on your first one. I'm in the midst Mm -hmm. of book number two. And so we're both in the, in the throes of the writing process. I'm (laughs) incredibly excited to get yours out in the world and other people reading and obviously to get myself a copy when it is done. Uh, but Um, I know that some of the work you're doing right now out West, Megan, this has been so much fun. Thank you incredibly for joining the show this week. Thanks so much, Jake. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.